Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Hello friends, welcome to Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong and thank you so very much for listening to the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. This week on Independence Day, Tawny Ellis. Tawny Ellis was on tour in 2014 when she and her band passed through Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Unlike other small southern towns, Muscle Shoals is well known due to its rich musical history that is anchored by legendary recording studios. Both Fame Studios and Muscle Shoals Sound Studio, as well as the group of local musicians that became the backup band for the equally legendary artists that recorded there, called the Sleepy Backwoods Southern Town Home. The Rolling Stones, Bob Dylan, Aretha Franklin, Wilson Pickett, Paul Simon, Bob Seger, and Rod Stewart are just some of the names from the list of musicians who have made the trek to Muscle Shoals to make music. Knowing this history, Ellis had some time in her schedule for a stop and decided to take a tour of Fame Studios. The building at Fame isn't very large, and at the end of the short tour, Ellis asked if she could meet Fame owner and co-founder Rick Hall, who she had caught a glimpse of as they walked around the facility. Hall agreed to meet them, and after a short chat, he asked simply, Are you going to record here? What started out as an afternoon diversion set Ellis on a challenge to finish the tour, write some new songs, and return to Fame to record them ten days later. The result is Ghosts of the Low Country, a new four-song EP that captures Ellis doing what she does best, singing Americana-esque songs with her sultry Emmylou meets Patsy Cline voice and playing ethereal lap steel accompanied by her musical partner, Gio Loria. Welcome to Independence Day, Tawny Ellis. Hey, Tawny. Hey, Joe. How are you? I'm good. How yeah, are you? I'm great. I'm looking forward to hearing you play. Thank you. It's cool because we met in a, uh, a slightly... Fun and yet strange circumstance. Yes, at uh, the Will Turn. The Will Turn, right? The, the watching uh, the Jason Isbell show, which was incredibly great. Back and in I'm, August, I'm a huge fan of his, and, yeah. and and then we have another connection, sort of after we just started chatting in the audience, and then yeah. and then I find out that you're from out Al- from Alabama. Well, kinda. I was uh, I was born there. And I have relatives well, that there. means you're from. <laughs> well, it doesn't. It doesn't, though. If I, okay. if I was from Alabama, I, I wouldn't talk like I do. I'd talk a little more like this. And I, and I say that this isn't just a southern accent. This is the kind that they have there. Well, I was it's just different. traveling through, but I am. I am a southern girl. But yeah. we were just traveling through, and that's we. Yeah. Then we got to meet J- Jason right. the, the night before we we recorded our EP, which okay. we we're going to talk about. So that's yeah. it's kind of a kismet thing. Yeah, indeed. And uh, so it was just one of those things. I mean, I'm a friendly guy, you know, if I'm at a show. Well, I pinched your butt. And there are friendly people. <laughs> and then I, you turned around I, to see who was pinching your butt. butt. It's, a, so. it's a thing. <laughs> and then we made friends. It's that small Armstrong Your girlfriend butt. didn't so, mind. so pinchable. Uh, she didn't mind. Uh, well, here's the, so, but I'm a friendly guy. I'm at the show and I just start talking to this girl and uh, her husband who was there as well. <laughs> and we'll, we'll introduce in just a second, but I want to get this first little story yeah. out. And, you know, we just... You know, just being friendly We're and just talking. Being friendly. So you like Jason Isbell too? <laughs> Obviously, I totally like Jason Isbell. He's so dreamy. <laughs> Uh, but no, we were just friendly, you know, and there was, there was a break between the opening act and between when he went on and we just got to, got to chatting and, you know, Hey, I'm a musician. I said, I'm a musician too. And la di da. Next thing you know, a couple of weeks later, I get a press kit in the mail from Kim Grant, our friend, yes. uh, PR person here in she Los Angeles. She was doing Hello, a very Kim. good job. Shout out to you. And hey, it was Kim. Tawny Ellis. And I said, okay, that's cool. You know, I've been meaning to call her because we had exchanged numbers anyway. You were going to call me anyway? I did. Well, you, we exchanged numbers. 
Yeah, I know. But you're going to call me. Anyway? But you, but you know, but I, I mean that. I, I, I'm glad that she did that because it reminded yeah. you to like. Hi. Indeed. Well, I'm, a, I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't know how else to say this, but I'm an exceedingly busy person. I'm yeah, but I feel I feel very honored to be here to play, and yeah. and and I just think it's really cool that we met that way. And I'm honored to have you. It's really really fun. So introduce your wingman here, because he's kind of like your your combination of he's like halfway between uh, David Rawlings and The Edge, because he's playing multiple <laughs> instruments at the same time, but he's also your partner, your husband, your musical partner. Like he's the other half. Is introduce your your best. Your, this your, is your Giovanni Loria. Well, hello there. So hello, Hi. Giovanni. Hi. Yes, but, he he's pretty much there, standing by my side or sitting by my side, depending yeah. on the situation at all turns. Commonly so, known as Geo. Yeah, we call him Geo in friendly circles. Well, it's nice to be here. Thanks for having us, Joe. Yeah, it's nice to have you as well. So, you guys, it's so great to meet you again, like in in a proper sense, like not at a show, <laughs> uh, which is a great way to meet people, but also to come and share your music. Uh, I'm really looking forward to having you guys play some stuff. You've got a brand new EP. It's coming out like a couple days. Yeah, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Ghosts yeah. of the Low Country, which I feel like you should say with like uh, a Shakespearean accent of some kind. Ghosts of the Low Country. Ooh, uh-huh. I like that. Something you know, it's, it sounds because when you say High Country or Low Country, I always think of Scotland. Is that Shakespearean? And there, well, it is. Uh, there was a lot of well, one of those. Of set, one of those was set in uh, Scotland. One of those classic uh-huh. Shakespearean plays. Is that yeah. considered the Low Country too? Well, there's high, there's the Highlands, okay, and the Lowlands. If yeah. you know anything, if Scottish. you're a Scotch person, of course, absolutely. It's one of the, the, the types of and Scotch. The Highland Scotch, Isla Scotch. You got your Lowland. You got your Speyside. You got mm-hmm. this anyway. But that's well, what I think. Definitely a Scotch. Well, that man. sounds interesting, but I I think it's more like uh, <laughs> that sounds interesting, but that's the low not what country, it is. <laughs> because we did it down in uh, in you know Alabama, yeah, bring it all down together. there in the Low Country, in Muscle Way. Shoals, Muscle on the banks of the muddy which was that that in itself is kind of a crazy little story. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean, so much history there, musical history, and such a unique place. I mean, everyone saw the, the uh, documentary. If you yeah. haven't seen it, you should definitely yeah, go see it. Of the same name, Muscle amazing. Shoals. Have to see it. Uh, Rick Hall and all those players, Spooner Oldham, and all those yeah. cats who who made the made the name the Swampers, uh, who kind of built something out of nothing. In, yeah. in a very yeah. unlikely place. Yeah, like, and you kind of expected Motown absolutely. to come out of Motown. Large African-American community. Yeah. Uh, you're Detroit, right? Um, and you expected things to happen in certain places like Chicago right. and blues, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, lots of African-Americans coming north looking for work at that yeah. time and or, being in one or place. Memphis. Fomenting in, in a place like that. Yeah. Or like New Orleans, for example. Yeah. You know, yeah. that melting pot that it is. Yeah. But like Muscle Shoals, it's not even a crossroads, really. No, no, and, but 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 you know, when we watched the um, the documentary, which was kind of just a suggestion by the um, the guy who booked us our tour down there last year, um, he said, "Oh, you know, you're going to be going through Muscle Shoals," and he said, "Did you see that documentary?" I said, "No." So I, we we watched it, and I just thought Rick Hall was such a great character i yeah. just i just adored him and i his story was so touching to me and he was such a fighter you know and um so we decided when we were we had a we had a show down there at the some singing Sing river, river brewery, brewery. Sing river george. Brewery. hey yeah. george if you're listening hey george we know george hey he, george they do, they do live music that's a big thing nowadays like yeah. a lot of breweries will do social events and they'll yeah. have tasting yeah. rooms and it's they'll have great, live music and it's, it's a great, great space and the beer is really great and it's great the I mean, beer every, was amazing everybody wins it was awesome because people there who are drinking get some entertainment and 
the musicians get good beer. And they're good and people, space, too. Very and friendly. What I love about that kind of thing, they're non-traditional spaces. Yeah. It's not like the same kind of BS where you show up at the gig and yeah. there's a jaded sound guy and there's a yeah. crappy area, yeah. crappy stage and beat up gear. Like these, yeah. you kind of have to be flexible. Yeah. Like you yeah. might you might set up in front of a giant fermenter or you might be <laughs> next to some giant bags of hops. <laughs> yeah, or that's it. That's it was it. awesome. It was yeah. really awesome. cool. Well, really let's cool do this. Let's, before we even okay. talk about it, because I want to talk some more about sure. the process and why and all and okay, why great, you did great, it there great. and all that kind of stuff. But first, let's hear what that sounds like because you guys did this EP. It's coming out in a couple days, Ghosts of the Low Country, which you can pick up at tawnyellis.com. Yeah, it's T-A-W-N-Y. actually available as a pre-order and okay. you actually get a discount if you, if you go and pre-order it now when yeah. it goes um, live to the world official release day you're gonna have to put pay full price which is a whole like five dollars yeah it's like an ep so they're it's really <laughs> gonna break the they might have to skip their coffee on wednesday but uh yeah i think i'm gonna have them available straight from my website as well like okay. you can i'll send them a signed you know cd yeah so. and I, you know what i scold people all the time chai i chide them buy music buy music if you like Please. it Absolutely. if you like it buy it i mean downloading musicians don't see a big cut but download it if you have to just pay for yeah, it yeah good advice one way good or another advice. plus i think the artwork came out really nice so yeah. it might be have some nice to have around so. looks sweet so uh yeah. the song we've picked from here is actually the title track that we're gonna Ghost play the, the album country. track Okay, yeah. fantastic. So All let's right. play this. This let's is what's the same thing you'll let's hear on the it. CD. And when you let's play that, we'll come back. We're going to talk more about making this. So my guest this week on Independence Day, Tawny Ellis, T-A-W-N-Y-L-S-E-L-L-I-S, in case you want to look her up, tawnyellis.com. Uh, she's also on Instagram, Facebook, all those other sorts of places too. And as always, drop by indepthday.com to hear all these episodes and uh, iTunes as well. So this is Tawny Ellis with the song Ghosts of the Low Country, the title track from her new EP on Independence Day. <laughs> They're the ghost of the low country Coming out of the river Washing over me Singing songs in sweet harmony Whispering secrets to me They're the ghost of the low country Sweet voices in harmony Of their yearning to be free And their singing to me Let's 
Joe Armstrong, welcome to Independence Day. We come to you just about every Wednesday night. In odd weeks, we do ID flashbacks, which are stuff from our vaults, old videos. So check out the Independence Day website on YouTube, youtube.com slash videos. Lots of good stuff there. Everybody's new stuff from all the new artists, plus the ID flashbacks, which are starting up in earnest pretty soon here. So my guest this week, Tawny Ellis, also along is her wingman, Gio Loria. Say hello, Gio. Hey, hey. Say hello, Tawny. Hey there. So happy to have you guys. Mm, nice to be here. It's fun. It's baby. fun. It's fun. It's good stuff. So you've got this new EP. We started kind of talking about this, like you were yeah. on tour uh, playing the show at yeah. the Singing River Brewing Company in Muscle Shoals, which if yeah. you're in town, stop in and say hello to George. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and and what happened was, uh, so we had we decided to check out the Muscle Shoals uh, documentary before we went on tour, and we were really taken by the story and everything. So you know, we were like, "Wow, we're going right through there." So we had time before sound check to. Um, go and check it out. And Gio and I were like, let's, let's just go see. Maybe, maybe we can meet somebody, you know, you never know, but let's go check it out. You know, legendary. maybe we can go on a tour. It's only like two rooms, but (laughs) so, so we, we did. And they said, yeah, you know, come back in 15 minutes and we're going to give you a tour. And so some young, great kid there, uh, took us through the studio. And, but the minute we walked into the lobby, I looked over into the office, and there's the very big, tall man with the curly mustache, Rick Hall, sitting in yeah, the chair. Yeah, he was sitting right there in the office. We both looked over, and we just sort of and I was the like, we "There like, he is! Wow, there's Rick! There's Rick! It's amazing! Like that's the guy in the yeah, yeah, documentary. Yeah. He's the guy." So we went on our little tour, and then at some point, I just said, "Do you mind? Do you think that it's possible that we could r- meet Mr. Hall? Because you know, we just thought he was really." a cool guy and be so interesting to meet him. Inspirational figure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, 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 so the guys, the guy says, Oh yeah, yeah, let me go see. So he walks out there and he said, Mr. Hall, would you mind meeting these nice folks? They're coming through town on tour. And we bought a poster and we bought a CD. Yeah. So yeah, so he signed the poster for us, signed the CD, and we started chatting. And he took a real interest in Tawny. He said, what do you play? And she said, I sing and I play the lap steel. He said, you play the steel guitar? And he was really interested in that. So we sat down and ended up talking to Rick Hall for about 30 or 40 minutes, which was great. Did he charge you like 80 bucks? 
No. It's <laughs> a recording studio. You know, it's, it's an um, hour of his time. Things were a little bit expensive, but that's yeah. okay. I mean, he actually... Well, I meant for the talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, the CD, you know, was like okay. 25. No, he, he was very conversational. I kid, I kid. It's a joke, son. I, I, I actually really found... He was... I think he's like 82 or something. He's so yeah. charming and so lovely. Really cool. But anyway, he... Ba- we were like, yeah, we'd love to record here, like... It's true if it's true that you know that the the, the swamp comes the out vibe, in the tunes yeah. and stuff and we didn't he, say that to him though we didn't say anything we were just talking he said are you guys going to record here and we looked at each other and we were sort of like I don't know and he's like you guys should record here and we're like uh, okay and we just started talking about it and then he said I'm going to introduce you to John our studio manager and see what you guys can work out we'll figure something out let's do it and we were like oh uh, I don't he know he said when is your tour over and we said in ten days. And we're so going we're to New tonight. Orleans. And he said, well, come on back. Tomorrow. And so they l- literally put us on the books and said, don't worry about it. If you can't make it, let us know, but we're going to work something out. <laughs> they and they say did. that to all the girls. <laughs> they did. <laughs> and I was flashing my, my eyelashes, batting my eyelashes. No, I'm kidding. Um, but anyway, so I kind of went into shock mode because yeah, we I was like, well, what are we going to do? We're not in recording mode. We're in touring yeah, mode. Yeah. So in those 10 days, we um, we wrote Ghosts of the Low Country, which is about the legend of Taylane, which is the um, Indian woman who was part of the Relocation Act back in the Trail early 1800s. Yeah, and so she was taken away. So we wrote a story about her, a song, and the the guys that we were touring with, 5-8, they're an Athens band. They're an amazing band. Um Sean Dunn and Patrick Ferguson, the um, drummer and the guitar player, we told them about this crazy opportunity. And they were like, are you kidding? We're coming and we're doing this. Like, you cannot pass this up. we were still on the fence. We were like, we're thinking about going to Muscle Shoals. Would you guys maybe come with us? And we had a bass player on on the road with us, Peter Hamilton, who was amazing, and his great wife, Robin. So everyone was just unanimously like, you guys, we have, let's do it. We have to do it. Yeah. So everybody was all in. So we were like, all right. So eventually we called back studio, yeah. booked the like, date for sure, confirmed yeah. it. And, you know, they were like, yeah, let's do it. And they gave us a great rate, which was awesome. And yeah. we went back there 10 days later, whatever it yeah. was. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. We just locked it out, went in there and got what we could get. Sometimes having a deadline like that is literally uh it's like manure for inspiration yeah for yeah. sure or and i mean <laughs> that sure. i mean that in a good way it's for fertilizer sure. absolutely you know it's uh you need a fire i mean i know i do you gotta light a fire under your butt because yeah. if i if i'm left to my own devices i'll just watch the wire again or right. i'll go for another jog or yeah, i'll hike absolutely. another mountain or absolutely. i'll just yeah. play panama for the 20 millionth <laughs> time on my guitar you yeah, know right um so I, I think that's a really really good thing when when providence like drop mm. something in your lap. I think yeah. it's cool that you guys just jumped on that and did it. Yeah. It was it was definitely um we were definitely walking out there on the tightrope because you know there's so the, the legends it, the legendary things that have been recorded in there and yeah. I mean that was I, but I I couldn't wait to get in there and just kind of churn up the sound and just yeah. see how it sounded in the room and we were we, we were primed and ready to go like yeah. for some things but um that that particular song goes to the low country i feel like it was just a gift that was given to us it wasn't yeah. really it was just kind of came through us and i was like how, where did this song come from and it's about the area and the legend yeah. and so it's so a special did, 
Did project. you, you know, when this happened with Rick and you set up the time and now you've yeah. got 10 days, you've still got more dates to play. Yeah. Right. Between then. So you're traveling and you've got yeah. a little bit of time. Like is it, touring is a very hurry up and wait kind of deal. Yeah. That's there's when always we did downtime somewhere. Yeah. Right. So with all of the, there's four songs in the EP? Five? Yeah. Four? Okay. So of four. those four, how many were like new, new that were done and like started, like didn't exist. And then 10 days later you had a song to record. Just one. Just well, one. there was actually two that we recorded were that were two. brand new. So we did two that were brand new, but the one that we didn't put on the EP ended up actually sounding like kind of a Rolling Stones outtake, like 1965, <laughs> which we don't normally do like that kind of rocky. I didn't think it was congruent with the rest rock of sound. the CD. So it was just crazy because it came through and we recorded it and it sounded great in the room. And we all loved it, but it just didn't quite fit yeah. the Ghost of the Low Country vibe. So we left it off. So we ended up putting yeah. these four. So there was one brand new one, which was Ghost of the Low Country. And, and then Walking then, After Midnight is a tribute to, you know, the great Patsy yeah. Cline. Um and Evolve or Die, I just, it's like a song that never has gone away for us. It's always a favorite. Yeah. And um, it was recorded way back in 2008. So it was a great opportunity to bring it back um, and, and play it with these guys. And, and, uh, and that was a lot of fun to like yeah. revisit something that needed, needed, it needed to be played again. It's and then, and then Desperate Tonight was brand new to us. And that was 5-8. Sean and Patrick asked us if we would cover one of their songs and they actually suggested Desperate Tonight and it's such a gorgeous song and I was like, wow, you, you guys are really keen, like so smart to pick that song for me to yeah. sing. So I was really excited about that. Matching uh, a song to an artist, I mean, I've always wanted to do that because I love the idea, not so much of being a Nashville songwriter in the sense that it is in the modern age, where, because the Nashville machine has just become such a machine. And, the, you know, Isabel himself talks about that a lot, how you know, it's never been so, such a, like a, an assembly line. I mean, Nashville's always been about that process. You know, very delineated roles. The songwriter writes songs. And they'll go play their little songwriter circles. But they're not the ones who are playing on the albums. Yeah. Right? The, the whole concept of a singer-songwriter yeah. is less common in Nashville than it is elsewhere in the wow. business. The writers write. The players play. The singers sing. That's so not my world, produce. though. The <laughs> Well, yeah. Yeah, you know, but, that, I, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, ha I have to write. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's the the base of what why I need to express myself is because yeah. I, I I have to tell stories, I have to write, and I have to sing. It's it's all one and the same. So yeah. I don't know how long I would last in Nashville. Yeah, but. well, it's fun. I mean, of course, these lines are blurred. If you once you get below that big high sheen big machine thing, that's the Nashville. I see. Thing. I mean, there's tons of people underground. Tim Easton's there. Gillian Welch and David Rawlings are there. Steve Earle's been there, but then he moved to New York about 10 or 12 years right. ago. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a huge underground. Isbell's there. Uh, right. Todd yeah. Snyder's there. John yeah. Prine's there. Yeah. John Hyatt's there. All these people are there Amazing. who aren't part of this machine that yeah. exists and can exist. It's kind of like LA in that way. Yeah. Like, they're not part of that big thing, but they're still there. Yeah. Um, but my point was, I, I just think it's interesting when you're, because I, I operate like you do. Like, I'm a singer, songwriter. I generally write mm. for myself. But mm -hmm. I would love to get my songs into other people's hands, because I imagine... Yeah. Other people who have a voice that's different from mine. I'd love to hear what it sounds singing like. Singing that or singing, you know, writing for someone and like yeah. giving. Someone I think that a was song. really fun for Five Eight to do. Yeah, I don't think they've done that before. And um, gosh, I was, I just loved it. And I, I, I love actually. I feel like it really gives me. Um, it's such a gift when, when yeah. I mean, I, and playing, you know, walking after midnight. I mean. 
you know, such a classic song. Yeah. Really good songs. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'd love to re- record yeah, yeah. them. Really quick story, and then I want you guys to play a live song. If that's cool. Okay. Uh, Tom Waits, who yeah. we all know and who I revere uh, beyond most most everyone, uh, had written a song for Nora Jones, like okay. when Nora Jones was really, really big. Wow. And had sent it to her management company or however channels, whatever channels you send them through. And it never made it to Nora. She never got to hear it. Uh, this is right after her first album, too, like that's, after she sold 20 bazillion copies. So then <laughs> they bump into each other backstage somewhere at somebody's show somewhere, like maybe it's a bridge school thing or whatever. And Tom shuffles up, like, ah, did, you, did you get that song I sent you? And Nora, who reveres Tom Waits, said, no. And Tom Somebody's said, well, fired. I, I sent you. I said, well, I sent you the song, and you know, and Nora's like, you know, I'm sure she, you know, she said she called up her manager and was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If Tom yeah. Waits sends me a song, you you make sure I hear it yeah, right away. Right. And then it wound up I being, mean, uh, um, God, what's that song? Uh, long, long way home. It wound up being on, I think, her no, second no album. Way. Okay, so she ended he up doing that? it. So he wrote that. So mm. then she did do it. It wound up on her second album, um, and then Tom actually did it on that Orphans, Brawlers, Bastards, that three okay. CD best of kind of huh. B-sides thing that he released. Yeah. His version's great too. Yeah. Anyway, God, I mean, I, I, I'd be over the moon. I think I would have a heart attack if Tom Waits sent me a song. I to think do. Tom Waits should send me a song to sing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think mean, that would be really cool. Okay, Tom, Tom, if you're out there. If you're listening, send us a song. You're anyway, invited. All right, Tawny, Gio, what's this first song going to be? Um, Before All This Trouble. Yeah. It's okay. called Before All This Trouble. And this is like a new, new song, correct? It is a new, new song. Like even newer than the EP that's coming out. <laughs> yeah. We're just, yeah. Yeah, this was gonna... one that just, it was like another kind of gift song. Like we just yeah. had this idea and a theme and it just really seemed to fit and it came through really easily and yeah. Yeah, we write songs all kinds of different yeah. ways. Um, they gen- they're, they're generated from a riff or a, a poem or whatever. But this particular song, Geo came to me and said, Check this out, and he yeah. just played a little riff, and then we started working on it, and okay. it evolved. So, All right, so let's go. We'll come back. I want to talk about like your your working relationship in regards to uh, not only your own music, but how it works with your personal relationship, because that's kind of a you see that a lot in music. Like mm-hmm. a couple will work together. You know, Tom Waits is another example. Tom Waits His, and Kathleen oh, Brennan yeah, since right. the uh, yeah. 80s have oh, been yeah. a t- songwriting team. They do everything. Buddy together, and Julie right? Miller, uh, Richard oh, yeah. and Linda Thompson, who then eventually awesome. got divorced. But there's, awesome. a, you know, there's a lot of those paired couple yeah. type things. And the dynamic is really interesting. I always like to find out where the gray areas are okay. and how they win fights. <laughs> so, all right. So this is uh, Tawny Ellis along with Gio Loria playing the song Before All This Trouble, which is a new, new song. Let's hear this on Independence Day.
from my tongue the gross weeds were still oh play that love song no doubt shall feel like before all this trouble when love felt so real before all this trouble Everybody. My name is Joe Armstrong. Thank you ever so much for listening to Independence Day. Drop by indepthday.com, I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y. Also follow us on Twitter at indepthday, Instagram.com slash indepthday. I'm not sure how that works out, I think, on Instagram. I think that's how that works, right? Slash something or other. You'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, I know, also so- YouTube.com slash 
in-depth day videos. And uh, my guest this week, Tawny Ellis, that was their song before All This Trouble. Along for the ride is Gio Loria, and she, uh, he is her husband. Yes. Correct? Is that how they get that right? Yes. And you are her wife. <laughs> so, are married. And married. So <laughs> let's talk about that, like that dynamic. Right, because especially like if you're if you're in the studio, you're on the road. Like yeah. all the musicians have to kind of orbit that dynamic too. <laughs> it's not right? an easy thing, yeah. and um, we need you know we have to like school them in advance. And you let sound them like know. you're familiar with that dynamic. I could be. <laughs> yeah. I will neither confirm nor deny that. It's definitely uh, it's definitely a dynamic. Yeah, it's definitely a unique dynamic. Yeah, and it can be dynamic at times and yeah well that's the thing because you're in like when you're on a t- tour you're in a van right and no if, but we've we've come home from uh van, tours RV, bus, not whatever. speaking we to each other before Ugh. um but, you two specifically <laughs> yeah not, huh? you, not two, you in the yeah. van you two yeah no because a lot of times we'll, we'll tour alone okay. because you know we are a full band because i'll play percussion he plays bass with his feet and guitar right and I sometimes play uh, tenor guitar as well, so we're we're we're, we're, we're we have a full sound. We sound like yeah. a full band, but sometimes we will bring you know other people on the road with us as well. But yeah, but um, we, we get along pretty good. Um, we've been playing music from the moment we met. I mean, oh. literally. I mean, we definitely had crushes on each other. Did you you met as musicians first? Well, he yeah. he showed up at one of my rehearsals. His ex-roommate was my bass player at the time. I had a residency at the Mint, and um, Jeffrey Connor was yeah. <laughs> playing bass with me. Hey, Jeffrey Connor. And, uh, we were roommates. <laughs> and uh, um, so we were rehearsing one night at his house, and then this guy shows up, and we had met at some crazy drum circle party like a few months earlier. <laughs> but- <laughs> I'm just chuckling about the idea. All and I can we were- think of is that South Park thing do you remember the south park drum circle episode (laughs) where it started off with just a handful of them and then it grew to this huge giant thing and they had to have that giant drill anyway go on go on sounds great i didn't Um, see that one it was kind of like that but um yeah some crazy full moon night drum circle thing and we sort of passed you know and met briefly and it was funny because some guy that he was with that night started stalking me kind of and 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 i was like i love when that happens <laughs> and Crazy. i was like wait the cute one didn't he he's not stalking me and then he shows up at my rehearsal and i'm like okay bye i'm leaving and he was like me too so he walked mm. me outside and we ended up going back to his house and wait for it <laughs> writing a song and playing till like five thirty okay. in the morning and then I didn't hear from him for like a week, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, that's how you do well, it. That's like uh, uh, swingers. Like, well, you can't call right away. Yeah, right? exactly. How many, and then what's the, it's three days, right? Isn't that the rule? <laughs> yeah, from, I think remember it's swingers, five right? Days. Yeah, but here's five the, days. here's the deal. I called him. Six days. I called him. <laughs> 10 days. I called him. No, they're good for you. You're a modern and woman. You've got cojones. You just, should, if you like something, you should go after whatever it is. That's what I do. Um, but uh, yeah, and his his he had written his phone number down on a, a piece of drywall because nice he had just cool. found That's this. Manly. He just bought a he bought a crazy fixer upper house. Yeah, it was a really interesting time because I had moved out of roommate rental situation, bought a house, I was working full time on music, and was working you know with some pretty big artists and doing some good stuff. So I said, I'm going to buy a house. So I bought a house in Echo Park, and it looked like that house in the Fight the Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. You know, the house is just yeah, like no rain electricity, full water. Yeah, like, and so we were by candlelight. It's all Victorian. It was in Echo Park, 
and basically bought that house. And it was trash. There was no windows in the upstairs. There was scaffolding on it when I bought it. It was just left there, and it was free scaffolding. Yeah, free scaffolding. The front door was plywood. <laughs> so we went to that house. I just gotten it. She lives in Echo Park. So I was like, "Hey, come check out this house." We went there. We lit some candles because there was literally no electricity on. I said, "I'm going to build a recording studio in these two rooms here." And there was a huge window with the view of downtown right into the big, you know, neon skyline there. And so we literally like lit some candles, pulled a guitar out of a case, and just started like kind of breaking in the studio and we wrote a song that night which was actually called shelter which became a record that we actually recorded it was the title track off of a record we did years later yeah and we actually through that period just to give you a little more history we we had a four track so while we were building the studio even though we didn't initially like contact each other for a couple weeks i gave her my number on a piece of drywall i had a four track recorder like a tape recorder and we started like recording some demos on tape so we were recording these tape demos and um, as we were building the studio, one of those tape demos actually got to Michael Rosenblatt, who was like the A&R guy who famously signed Madonna back in New York. He got it. He really loved it. We started a whole, like immediately jumped into this whole like uh, development deal with him through MCA anyway, Records. Anyway, so that's one of those Which stories. really just like galvanized the whole relationship. We're like, yeah. oh my God, we've got a budget and we don't even know how much it is. He said, just keep recording, hire producers. So it helped us to build the studio. And yeah. then yeah. we had a, you know... Like you have an opportunity. And yeah. So, yeah. So immediately so. we were just sort of thrust into all of that and it was like, wow, and we ran with it and it, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, but then was there ever a moment where you were like, what? Because I've been in, in band situations with girls, women, mostly, you know, yeah. years ago in college where it's like there might have been, it started to kind He's of He's going a into rom- the gray area Romantic now. thing. This is the good <laughs> stuff, man. Everybody knows about the music stuff. Everybody can talk How about that. How honest can we be here? <laughs> but, but, uh, but, you know, we actually had, there was a point at which we had to have a chat because it was like, you know, I don't, if we're yeah. going to be in the same band, we probably shouldn't be involved. Oh no, and I the, was terrified. Yeah. I was I mean, terrified. I would honestly, having been burned by that a couple of times, like I would stick to that now. No, I, I kept... Even though I was there recording and actually helping them renovate the house and stuff, he had he bought it with his brother. I kept my house, I, I kept uh, for years, like two, I, I was terrified because the only things that really matter to me in life, I, this is very silly, but it's really making music and my love life. Who's who's going to be my, my in my my love, Your partner. you know, my partner. So so when, 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 when it comes along and here's somebody that's like, filling both things I, I was scared and I, yeah. I I kept kind of pushing him away yeah yeah and but how we did had, that feel to you he loved it <laughs> no we both were yeah. just kind of like oh let's not get too serious let's not take this too fast yeah you know but of course she kept her own apartment for like a whole year yeah yeah Two so years. she had her own place oh, for however okay. long so yeah we both how. were trying to take it slow but it was just inevitable that we were yeah. both traveling the same path just so, so guess, we're best friends okay so but the question is like how far you meet, you write the song, it's been a couple weeks. Like, when did the, I mean, did the romance, like, chemistry, was that there right away? Oh, or was yeah. that something that it, developed? It was there, but we we didn't, like, jump right into it, but it was mm-hmm. definitely there. So we tried to be, like, patient and mature and take it slowly, you know? But, yeah, it all developed right Plus, I'm really that. possessive. Like, if I like, if I like somebody, yeah. I mean... It's yeah, like, she actually, you better, you better like not see anybody else. I think else. the point where we really crossed the line convincing. was she kind of presented me an ultimatum, which really kind of blew me out of the water. Honestly. She, Women have been known to do that. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I mean, literally we, we were going for like a walk in the neighborhood and she was like, listen, I really like you. You seem to really like me. And I just don't want to like mess around with you for a few months. And then you just like 
hit the high road. Mm-hmm. She's like, if you're, if you want to hang out and you want to date me and stuff, then I want you know to know that you're in this and you're serious and like you want it for the long haul. And I was just like, I had never had a woman like present me this type of ultimatum. So I was like, wow, I kind of had to make a decision. Yeah, you know, like I'm not just going to date this girl for a few months and maybe move on down the road. Like, yeah, I wasn't thinking that far in the future, but you know, I was like, yeah, I'm down. I'm going to do it. But you're your you own know? father. Yes, I am. I have to be. What are your intentions with me? Uh, That's right. What are your intentions with my daughter? Yeah. Yes, I totally. lost. I, I totally. lost my dad when I was young, yeah. so yeah. I, I had. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, well, that's all right. He's 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 always he here Viet- watching Vietnam. out for me. So he's Vietnam, like a sergeant general in Vietnam. Yeah. We need we need good angels. So he's he's an angel, and but anyway, yeah. I um and then but still we took it slow because we didn't get married for four years. So that's crazy. We're I don't even know how. Well, that's a generational thing. Like I think in our generation, uh, latter day, you know, Gen X ish and later, um, it's marriage isn't what it used to be in terms of like the next logical step. Like, the next right. logical step isn't necessarily that. Especially in I'm watching. I was just having this conversation the other day. So many people in our generation, their parents were all, all my girlfriend's parents were divorced in high school. All my friends' parents right. were divorced in high school. In college, same thing. Almost yeah. with very few exceptions, everybody's mm-hmm. parents were divorced. And I saw how it messed everybody up. And my parents are married, but I'm you know maybe they should or shouldn't be. But so it isn't to say it that it isn't scary, something yeah. you should invest in. But it, it somewhere along the line, it that that little link was broken, and now it's like you can have a fully committed relationship without actually being married. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Sure. Yes. You know, which yes. isn't to say that that marriage is a bad thing or marriage isn't the next logical evolution, but I mean, it's, it's so how, so then how long was it before you got married? Well, like you started dating, Gio, you decided, okay, I'm in. Well, yeah. Two, yeah. two years in, we got, in. we got engaged and I, I really didn't think that I wanted to get married because I, 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 I'd be for the same reasons that you're talking about. But I also, you know, Knowing Gio and and meeting his family and everybody, very big traditional, it's Italian very traditional, yeah. and so I didn't think that it was fair to him and his sort of legacy to yeah. legacy. just no seriously. It's I mean, a big his word story to be throwing around. Gio, you have a, a legacy, big, man. It's a big family, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, we still I, own the I, house I, in I, Southern Italy. That's like your side five generations. That's I mean, your side project. <laughs> I did My really. Legacy. That's it. <laughs> I just, I really, out of respect, and yeah. because we were clearly a couple in in love, and we were really creating some beautiful things together. Yeah. I just thought that it was like the smart thing to do, yeah, and yeah. and I'm resist. glad that we did. And I think it's a wonderful thing to do if you do it with the right person. So okay, enough of Independence Day love talk. Bye. Let's talk about how let's talk about how that practically meets with the music endeavor, right? Well, because that's music, dangerous. Part. I know it is. That's why I want to yeah. go there a little bit. Like music is a very emotional thing. It's a very very personal thing. We all bring uh-huh. our own. Uh, ideas in which we become very can become very attached to and sometimes even precious about like oh I really want to do this song and then you're with somebody in your band and it's easier if you don't have to go like sleep in a bed with them for them to say hey that song sucks yeah Yeah, you know like how do you guys address that kind of tension because that's a I tell people being in a band is like being married to four people or being married to three people because that's the kind of relationship it is you have you fight but then you have to keep going yeah you know um, well, I have to say that when I met Gio, I was a solo artist and, you know, I was Tawny Ellis and I was out there beating the pavement and doing it, playing all the clubs and doing my thing. And then when, when we started working together, we decided to become a band. 
and now I'm a solo artist again. So if you if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. because I I couldn't proceed. He a Geo has a different aesthetic as I than I do. Like he would be much louder and have a lot more guitar solos. Mm-hmm. No, not solos. Ah, uh-huh, see, here we go. That's not true. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm, I'm not talking into about. Solos. I'm, I am not a guitar solo gal. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's no, a- but you know what? We've evolved so much since then. Yeah. But seriously, we became a band, and we had a lot of we had a lot of label interest and all this stuff going on, development deals and all this stuff. And I was so I was starting to crack underneath the pressure of all that because, you know. I'm kind of like, if I can't do it my way, I'm just not going to do it. Right. And so I started to be like, wow. Record label people love to hear that. They, oh, by yeah. The way. They love well, they that. kept saying, oh, write we, us another single. We love, we hear we another love everything single. you're doing. Now write us another single or play another Give show. Another and we're like, one. do you Give realize what it takes to do showcases. all that? And so. I mean, granted, this was, you know, it was, 10, granted, this was like 10, 12 years ago or whatever. Yeah. It was a little while ago, but, you know. It's a lot of pressure. So anyway, um, at some point we 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 did the record shelter, which I we gained a lot of fans doing that record, but I didn't I I, I didn't like the way it came out because I thought it was too rock, to be honest yeah. with you. It kind of broke my heart. I wanted it to be what I do now is what I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Gio was part of that, like wanting to make it. The tempo's faster, everything louder, more da da da. We also had a producer. We also had a producer. I'm just saying, pushing stuff. So that kind of broke my heart. And so after that, I said, I mean, I actually released that as Tawny Ellis, which I shouldn't have, but um, it should have been the band name. But um, after that, I was like, What was the band name? uh, Knee Girl. (laughs) One more time. Knee, like K-N-E-E, G-I-R-L. Knee girl. Knee girl. Oh, jeez. It's retarded. <laughs> I, you should have released it under your name. I'm not so sure about that name. I am. Girl. I hope, it's, hope nobody's in love with that name. It was pretty no, cool in the was, 90s. It was, It was. yeah, it was a while ago. Anyway, um, so it was my, under my name, but uh, I didn't... I didn't like that record because it was too. Everything was. I. I. It didn't. It turned into something I didn't like, and so I. I. I alerted him at that point that I am now a solo artist and I'm going to be writing and doing my thing. And if you want to join in, that's fine. But that's yeah. you know, that's it's not deal. a democracy fully, but we do Benevolent have a democracy now because maybe <laughs> let's analyze that. How, pretty, does that how does that work quitting our band and starting my own band do you want to be semi-benevolent <laughs> dictatorship maybe you know what and he had a choice and i and i like um blow by blow we i, I released that you know two years ago i did that with cisco de luna wrote it you know most of that's written yeah. with him and me working with him and geo just came in and played yeah. on it so within our marriage we figured out ways for me to be fully who i need to be and right. go on my journey and when we work we work and and we tried to let it dance under and outside of the marriage and work as you know musicians together so I hope that doesn't hurt your feelings. No. Well, no, it, it, it's, it's a relationship that's akin to Gillian Welch and David Rawlings, right? I remember first discovering Gillian Welch back in the, I don't know, gosh, in the early aughts She's or the great. late 90s. Love She's her. fantastic. Yeah, love her. And David Lee, or David Lee, David Lee Rawlings. Now, he's, <laughs> now I've, I've combined, can you imagine what that, how awesome Those that person would be? That he does, man. David Lee Roth and David Rawlings together, like combining to be one awesome human being. Yeah. Uh, that he you it's a role that's similar 
is that that she's always billed as Gillian Welch, but they're always a duo. Yeah. Always, yeah, always, yeah. always, always. And even in the David Rawlings machine, which is like side project, she plays in that band too. So they're mm-hmm. always there. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's just, it's that understanding. You know, I have no idea how they delineated that, how they, if yeah. they had a conversation about it at one point or mm-hmm. what. But I do remember when she was getting signed, because that used to be a thing, getting signed. Yeah. yeah, yeah and, it used to be a thing. And she was signed. You yeah, know, yeah. and I think the record label people were like, well, she's really cool. You know, she's got that kind of retro. And when you say retro, you mean like 1930s kind of retro thing going. <laughs> and, but, you know, we don't understand why this David Rawlings guy is there. But then when they, they literally came in and did that whole thing where they play in the executive's office. And once David was there playing with her, you really realize sense. that it's, it's really one thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it it's an, an integral it element to what she does. And she, I suppose she could do it without him, but it would not be as yeah. awesome as it is. No, and, and she and, knows that. And Gio, he's become like, uh, you know, he, he, he is part of me. He, he definitely, you know, I, I'm a big, I'm a sculptor as well. So I'm like, I, I kind of see songs in textures yeah. and to really, and for and I'm not a, I'm not a trained musician. I mean, I play by ear and I make up chords and I, you know. I, it all comes from a different place than like she works on like know. bars of six and bars yeah I mean like I'm straight and he and and for so many years people would be like you can't do that and I'm like yeah but that's how I hear it and then Geo after a while would be like no you're you you have something going on and now he innately understands yeah, that yeah like let's and accentuate the uniqueness me. of it rather than being like oh no we got to hammer it into a four bar structure yeah. or something yeah. like let's explore that let's figure it so out I feel so lucky that and let it be what she's hearing in her head and help her to develop it been so know? intuitive to uh, grow I think after that kind of breakdown after the the record that became too rock I think I think that we've been working towards something that's really special and it's like I I, I I blossom in that as opposed to in that other scenario. I I just want to walk out of, out of the room. Don't box me in, man. Yeah, man. Don't put me in a box. Mm. I kid. Anyway, all right, let's play another song. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll talk about some more stuff. My guest this week, Tawny Ellis, Geo Laurie, along for the ride in every, every way imaginable. So uh, what's this next song going to be? Uh, Love is Your Name. Love is Your Name. Tell me just a little bit about this one. Um, I wrote this song with Cisco DeLuna, and it's on an EP that I released a couple of years ago called Blow by Blow. Okay. And um, I no think it's just a... No relation to Jeff, Jeff Beck. <laughs> it's been the running joke all day. <laughs> that it, this is a, You know how like you know Ryan Adams did that like song by song uh, yeah. tribute to 1989 Taylor Swift record? Uh, like, I feel like you should do Blow by Blow should be. I might have yeah, to do we that. Should. A blow, you know, uh, we'll a Jeff Beck tribute. Blow by Blow. But I, I, this is just a, a real special song. I... I um, We'll play it for you. All right, one. Yeah, let's hear what it sounds like. One more time, Tawny Ellis on Independence Day. Whim to 
Tawny Ellis with Gio Loria and on drums, Curran McDowell. Yeah. That's yeah, good stuff, man. Curran. I love that name. Nice I want to say there's, there's that Scottish name again. I want to say it's got such a great Scottish name. <laughs> Curran McDowell. Yes, and such an awesome guy, man. I feel like, like we, so amazing. Like a guy like that, I feel like we should go drinking all night and then we should get in a fight about something we agree about just because he's Scottish. <laughs> well, uh, you make beer, uh, so let's just crack open the beer. I yeah. do make beer. Yeah, right. I've been making it for a very long time. We've been drinking Joe's beer all morning, so <laughs> please Look, man, excuse gotta, us if we're a little wacky. You got to find Inspirato <laughs> wherever you can find it. We're going to get better as the morning marches okay. forward. Well, I want to talk about other things, but I want to—I yes. never did get to the one, the one question I was driving towards that whole time with the discussion about relationships and music. Yes. Like, how do you resolve the conflicts? Because that's a conflict. You know, there's that whole kind of like rule: you shouldn't go to bed angry. Or maybe you shouldn't tour angry. You know what I mean? Like, there's got. We're not guys, good at that. We you, go to bed angry. There's got to be no, a way though. Like, but how do you no. resolve it? Because with like, with you and your band, you can't just leave it be and let it fester. Because then the band can break up, or you can get a new guitar player, or just get a new drummer. Like he's your husband. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you've there's got like what technique do you guys use to do that? We just stop talking, and let let it blow over. Okay. I think. 
That's that 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 works somewhat. <laughs> just no, avoiding on, the issue is how. It is. No, that's the way because there because there, because there are always issues. It's just it's just it's just yeah. space struggle. It's like it's like it's like space struggle. So you know, like he's gonna have an opinion. I'm gonna have an opinion, and we're gonna like meet somewhere yeah. in the middle. Okay, or so compromise is possible. Sometimes he wins, sometimes I win, but a lot of times you can just beat an issue to death and yeah. like really belabor it and you're not going to get anywhere with it. So yeah. I, a lot of times we'll just be like, okay, let's just let it lie and let's just try to enjoy the day and let's roll yeah. down the road and, and, and look at the sunset. And it's then, so funny. Like I think, you know, Dan Savage is, he writes a, 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 like a sex column for oh. lack of a better word. It's really, really good. It's in, okay. uh, you find it in the onion uh, okay. if you find those print episodes, all, he writes out of Seattle. Anyway, I love him. I feel like he should be a Supreme Court justice because he feels like all relationships <laughs> exist in a world of like little, like little lies, little deceptions, little tricks you use to like deceive and not, I don't mean like to build up uh-huh. in an adversarial way, right. but like, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to do this because it makes our relationship better. <laughs> right. Yeah. And even though yeah. everybody knows yeah. that that's not really the case, right. but it helps it function. Mm-hmm. So therefore it is ultimately good. Mm-hmm. That you are doing this, and I don't mean like major deceits, like you're banging the pool yeah. boy or whatever. <laughs> That's so funny. I was listening to yeah. a, a, a meditation last night. I forgot the guy's name, but it, it, it's the Taoist way. Yeah. And he was saying that you know, if you look at an embroidery and you're looking at the the, the top of the embroidery, if you if you flip it over and you right. see the back, he said that we all have that backside, yeah, yeah. and and we're all presenting this pretty whatever. He said just the fact that we are. We are deceptive because we yeah. all have a mask, and there's always the undercurrents yeah. and the underworkings. But you, but to say the word mask, or to, it almost implies that it's like a negative thing. Well, I don't think it has to be. No, I don't think so. It's just what we use to get through the day, man. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. Totally. So here's that question: like, how who breaks the tie? That whole time to that whole discussion, like or how, like usually, if there's a time when there's a yeah, conflict, I want to hear what he has like, to say about this. I want to hear this. Geo's version of this because <laughs> he's a big, you know, yeah, you I want, want this song to fade and you want this song to end with the symbol choke, burn it over, right? Like that's the first, that's our example we're going to throw out. There. Like, how I think does this get resolved. Over, overall, I think the closer you are to someone, you know, like when you're in a band for five or ten years, the closer bands get, the tighter they get, the more you abuse each other. Because you're comfortable with oh, people, yeah. you know. It's like you, you, know you feel more comfortable. Are. We yeah. fight in the studio. You're willing to like just open up and be totally honest, which is how you sometimes get the best music because you are totally honest and you cut through it all. Um, but that all being said, you know, which we're you know pretty darn close. So we, you know, we're pretty honest in the studio. And we try to work it out and try to make it amazing. But um, I think usually Tawny wins if Tawny says, "Look, it, I I I want to try it this way, and I think it should be five clicks slower or whatever." I normally will just say. Okay, let's try it that way. And if it really rubs me wrong, and I'm like, you know what, this is bull. I don't like it this way. It's too damn slow. Let's kick it up. We might argue over it. We might try it. We usually meet in the middle if I really don't like something and she likes it a different way. Yeah. But normally, you know, she kind of gets the first. He doesn't like on. to see me miserable, and literally, She'll a couple of clicks I, will make me miserable. And if I say if no, I it's got to be 102 beats. She says no, it's got to be 90. I, it, it'll make me feel miserable. I'll so just be like, Fine, I, I have try to it win. Your way. Otherwise, we would just. Find a better band name and become a band. You're like the princess and the P of songwriting. <laughs> yes, it's so <laughs> ridiculous. Feel that P from Ten Mattresses. Down. I'm I'm kind of ball buster, and well, he, but you know what? He's such an awesome guy, and yeah. he's so Thanks, talented, Thanks, and so generous. And I feel so lucky to have him to yeah. bounce things off of. I also make her custom guitar amp, so the yeah. amps that she's playing so steal through. 
Well, that's just it. You know, obviously you wouldn't <laughs> be doing what you're doing both musically and and musically and uh, emotionally if it didn't function. Yeah. Right. It you wouldn't have. But you wouldn't have been married for this long. Yeah. Everyone's got their little minefields that they have to trip through in their relationships, whether you're in a band or not. Yeah. I right? think learning how to just deal with that and knowing when to back off, which I have definitely learned how to do, yeah. helps a lot. It helps us yeah. not fight so much and just sort of negotiate through it and try to find the best. Result. Realize what's important. I think yeah. maturity is part of that. Yeah. You figure out, you know, which battles. Some battles yeah. aren't worth fighting. Yeah. You know, you You're realize so that over right. time. It's like, you know what? I, I honestly, I don't really care. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what also it through us kind of, you know, her saying it's going to be my band. It's under my name. You can join if you want to at some point, which we did. I said, you know what? Fine. If we're going to do that, I'm going to start going back to doing some of my own projects. Yeah. So it kind of allowed me the freedom to re-empower myself. Cause I was for many years professionally being sidemen for other people and producing other people. I worked with Jack Johnson and I worked with the Black Peas. I worked with a lot of great artists, Everlast. The Black Peas? The Black Eyed Peas, sorry. <laughs> the Black Eyed Peas. So I was working a lot with other people, but when I stopped for a few years when we really got heavily into developing and producing our own music and all of that. So when when she said, it's going to be the Tawny Ellis Project, I said, fine, if you're going to do your own thing and you want to take control, I'm going to kind of take this time yeah. to start carving out more time yeah. to do my Which own Which I think thing. was really healthy, actually, totally. for well, both of got, us. You've got different rocks you need to get off yeah. elsewhere. So I, I created a whole other thing that was called The Secret Life of Songs, which was kind of like this other secret world that I kept developing and writing and creating yeah. and producing and playing. And so I still have that always as a side project. Yeah. As my own Plus thing. Plus, he has it helps a, me a, get my own vision an out, amplification you know? co company okay. called Black Volt Amplification, Black and he Volt. makes the most amazing, cool, um, hand-built. Uh, uh, That's pretty cool. I mean, amps. I can't even go there because so. I will geek out on amps all day <laughs> yeah. long. Well, I've he's got a matchless amp. I've got a seventy-two deluxe reverb. Nice. I've got oh my god! Box. Nice. Mini. My favorite thing are these little tiny boxes I've got over there now. Nice amplifiers, man. Some awesome. people, you know, it's. I don't know, scotch, some people, it's this with amplifiers. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the oh amp you're hearing Tawny play through today, the uh, through the lap steel, is uh, one of my Black Volt. Nice. Sounds amps. good, man. Yeah. I'm spoiled. I will say this, awesome. and I want to get to that uh, another another song here. Okay. Um, when your name is on the marquee, as yeah. it is in your band, I feel like even if it's kind of a democratic arrangement in a band, if it's your name on the marquee, this is my opinion, but I think you get like the last veto if sure. you really hate something, because it's like, then it's your name. Yeah, right. It yeah. might go out there and it's For all sure. of you, but For you're sure. the point who's if, if there's a marquee, your name's up there yeah. and mm -hmm. it reflects upon you. Yeah. And therefore, you know, when I was a band leader, you know, we played under my name, we had band names back and forth. But if it was my name on that marquee, I felt like I should be able to say, okay, uh, I, I love to hear everybody's ideas and I love to incorporate other people's ideas. Right. I honestly do. But that's right. When it comes down to where the rubber meets the road, if I'm taking that big risk, I should get that big veto. That's or that right. big, and it's not always a veto. It's always like, yeah, let's do that. That'd be great. Yeah. Right. You know, so that's yeah. what the situation that Absolutely. you have. Absolutely. So what have we got here? Uh, we've got um, like one more tune, I think. I think we're going to do a cover. Okay. Uh, Walking After Midnight. And this is um, a song that, um, you know, Patsy Cline did. Yeah. and uh, Way back in like 19... We just 16? started vis visiting it and fell in love with it. Yeah. And it just, it's part of what we, who we are now, I think. <laughs> cool. All right. Tawny Alice with a very well-known song to people walking after midnight in Independence Day.
Very nice, Tawny. Sounds great. Thanks. Thank so you. much weight behind that song. You know, you got to really think about what these songs are about. Like, it's easy just, you've heard that song a trillion times, but what is it really about? You know? It's, it's, it's emotions. It's a big deal. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's gigantic. It's really gigantic. And it's Heartbreak. so well-crafted. It's like heartbroken, right? And um, so hopeful of finding and being with somebody yeah. that you love. And um, yeah. And uh, I just feel lucky that I... I I started playing the lap steel because I've only yeah. been playing it for about four years cool now. Very cool. Thank you. Uh, okay, right. so we're gonna I'm gonna do something kind of new here. 
uh, and do like a round robin thing with like just some some quick little quick funny okay. questions because I always write out like hundreds of questions, not for every every guest, but I think like, I'm always like a running list of questions. Like as I'm walking down the road, like oh I should ask a band this or I should ask them that. So I write them all down, but I by the time I get to the end, I never get a chance to ask these things. So I'm just gonna ask a couple of questions and get some away. simple. I just got think it'd be fun. Uh, would you rather be wealthy or respected in the industry, in the music industry? Respected. Because you can buy a lot of respect. <laughs> oh, damn. I'm kidding. I never, <laughs> never entered my mind. Um, okay. Respect. Uh, I definitely want to be acknowledged by my peers, yeah. which, you know, is, okay. is important. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, what do you listen to? Like, you've been in music a long time, I guess, here. Uh, what do you listen to for pleasure? Is it possible for you to listen to music for pleasure anymore? Like, I know some friends who can't even listen anymore when they're, they're not playing. Gia, you want to answer that one? Yeah, I will. I actually have a a favorite. It's it's a three album album that I actually listen to quite often because it's so spacious and so beautiful. And it's a record by Daniel Lanois, who's an amazing producer. He's an excellent artist in general. Yeah, he's produced you know U two capital and, A artist and Bob Dylan, etc. But he's got this one record that's that's called it's uh I don't know what the actual name of the whole record is Santiago Steel and um. Purple Vista. Yeah, those are the three records. Purple Vista, which I think is the name of it. Purple Vista, Santiago, and Steel. And they're all, it's all instrumental, beautiful piano and gorgeous percussive drums. I think Brian Blade plays drums on it. And uh, Brad Meldell plays piano, who I've played with in the past. And Daniel with his lap seal. And it's so gorgeous. So I can put that on and it's it's like three hours worth of just the most beautiful, ethereal steel stuff. Dan happens to be a very good friend of ours. I I just created a sculpture, a, Mm -hmm. a bronze fretboard for him actually so yeah. very um, cool yeah i'm like one degree of separation from dan lanois in okay. like a couple different areas but mm-hmm. i've never i've never crossed his path someday sweet guy he's, he's a neat to. guy yeah. uh let's see uh what guy. kind of what kind of um <laughs> what kind of advice would you give to a young musician who's just starting out right Write, find your voice i don't care if you're singing in the bathroom or in the hallway i mean I feel like, you know, you can find an identity and make your make your music stand out from everybody else's if you it's not about copying anybody or having um, you know, vocal athletics. It's really about finding your own voice with your, your own stories. Voice. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, last question. And then we gotta roll out of here because we all got stuff to do. We're all busy okay. folks. <laughs> uh, and I love this question. This is like my new question I ask every single artist. What makes you happy? Um, playing music. <laughs> I know, silly. Good food, good wine. Yeah. Music and um, loving friends. Uh, and my animals. My my God, I I'm I'm in love with my animals. You yeah. know. Who takes care of your animals when you're on the road? That's a bonus question. We farm them out. Usually, usually family. <laughs> usually my mom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, guys, it's been so great yes, having man. you in here. It's been so it's been a fun thank you so getting much. to know you. Such Good luck with this thing. record release. I'm excited. Thank about you. Thank you, know, you so much for having us in such an amazing, weird, roundabout way to have met you at the Jason Isbell show yeah. and then finally get to come here and do your show. It's amazing. Thank yeah. you so well, much, Jim. Real, real life, it's, man. It's been, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. But you should drop by tawnyellis.com, her brand new EP, Ghosts of the Low Country, comes out this Friday on the 6th of November. It's playing a show at the Escondite, correct? Mm-hmm. 
on the 7th. So check that out. That's Saturday night. Downtown and LA. Downtown LA. Good place to see a show. So Tawny Ellis, Gio Loria, thank you guys so much. Thank yes, you. Yes, thank Jeff. you. Okay. Independence so, Day. Yeah. Thank you to Tawny Ellis and Gio Loria and Curran McDowell on drums. Also to the Independence Day staff, Valentina Rivera, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. The beneficent Tony Tone Loke Piscotti manages the Independence Day website. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. Check them out. And as always, for Independence Day, I am Joe Armstrong. If you do one thing today, please be good to one another.